Hello. Hey, John. Hi, Merlin. How you doing? Merlin. John. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to make people uh, cringe or be reluctant because they fear the queen. Boy. I, you know, you know what? Anybody who fears the queen mm-hmm. shouldn't even be listening to this podcast. Do you have other? Uh, do you have other things like that that would be helpful to people in deciding whether this is right for them? Oh, uh, some some uh, like a, a litmus test or a, a little checklist. I was thinking of some quick tips, maybe a top ten. But you know, litmus test would be good too. They can know if they're basic. Yeah, right. Or acidic. Or acidic, uh, or somewhere uh, in between. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer to think of it in terms of those quizzes that you get in Mademoiselle magazine that, uh, where you find out if your boyfriend is cheating on you. I think or they had to change the name to Madame. <laughs> <laughs> and it's much larger now. So this uh, is like, like, like just this is a quick, you go in there, you could do this while you're, while you're doing your laundry or enjoying a pedicure. You go through and you find out by answering a series of questions, whether your boyfriend's cheating on you. Yeah, right, okay. exactly. It's, it's like, uh, does he act weird? Yes, he does. Does he keep having sex with other ladies? Oh, my God, I think he's cheating on me. A, definitely. <laughs> B, almost certainly. <laughs> Here's a tip. Here's a tip for our female listeners. Uh, your boyfriend's cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> to to, uh, to how much of a certainty? Uh, you can almost guarantee it. That's okay. Uh, currently, like right now, like right uh, as we do this, I don't know. It depends. Does he work from home? Oh, see now, I think you're getting it. <laughs> you are moving into the field of what I would call self help. So, questions <laughs> to ask yourself: Why you're getting a pedicure? Should you be back at home keeping an eye on that guy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why are you getting a pedicure? Is full stop. Who cares? You said Let's, this about nails. You have you have strong feelings about not having feelings about nails. I feel like the I feel like nails of all the things. Nails, but like like grooming your nails is a thing you really can do satisfactorily by yourself with a pocket knife. <laughs> and beyond that, if you're spending more time on your nails than you can accomplish with a pocket knife and maybe like a an emery board, an emery board. Then, okay, you're, you're, saying, you're saying if you can, if you can make the upgrade from your front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> to like a leather man like mm-hmm. you've already you you have evolved sufficiently right move on go check out that that that, that fucker at your house who's yeah. who's probably getting a handy from what now is it somebody he works with is it somebody where, where do you think where do you think that source of trouble comes from do you have a sense when, <laughs> that's when, the thing it could be anybody it could be the ups uh, girl it could be the uh ups girl that's good i'm gonna use that UPS you know what girl. i mean it uh-huh. could be the uh the milk maid <laughs> It could be the, the milk. <laughs> does she milk the cows or does she bring the milk? Well, the milkmaid. She brings the she brings the milk. She You're saying she the... potentially does everything milk related inside of the household, in the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> you know the thing is now that women are uh, are uh, <laughs> welcome in all fields of all walks of life. It could be the meter reader. It could be the 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 meter reader. It could be the ma- the mail deliverer. The, the, he, he 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 kind of he slyly opens the window and sticks his head out and goes, "Nice clipboard, <laughs> nice reflective vest." Ooh, that you have uh, people see you at night. It uh, it, yeah, it could be the it could you know the post woman always rings twice. The post person, sure, sure, especially if you ask. Mm-hmm. So Stallone does. Um, now, now, what do you know about what do you know about scullery maids? I'm very interested in scullery maids. I think that might be pretty like in the household. You know, there's a very it's like it's like a royalty and and duchies in 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 Europe. 
Duchies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think if you're a scullery maid, you're, you're about as far down. It, it's kind of like being the piss boy or the dishwasher at a restaurant. I don't know if they piss boys at restaurants, but you, you, with the scullery maid, my sense is... <laughs> I don't know. San Francisco is a different kind of town. It's so we different. don't have piss boys here anymore. Not at all. No. Was that legislation or is that like Portland where you got to like have people pump your gas? Did you have some it, kind of an initiative? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing where uh, uh, the, the piss boys were, I don't know, they were selling the piss on the open market and it was determined that it, we just needed to recycle. It's we like uh, Pendulette says with recycling, right? It's, it's, it's all a scam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. does Pendulette say recycling is a scam? Pendulette says a lot of things. I, yeah. You know, I think he gives me a run for my money in terms of signal to noise ratio. I wonder often when I put something in the recycling, when I when I look into my recycling bin that has newspapers, tin cans, glass, plastic bottles, and then I put a you know like a cardboard in there, and I think, what now? Mm-hmm. How is all this going into the right? Into the right bin, John. That's going to be that. That's going to be a park bench for multicultural children. Yeah, yeah. This this is uh, this is super train is going to solve all of this. I didn't want. But, I didn't want to bring it up because I, I don't know if it's something where I don't know the stage of development or funding that you're in. But I have a feeling Super Train is going to take care of, of a lot of our recycling issues. Super you Train is if Super if Super Train gets a second or third claw, it's not going to be to fucking sort. No, no, for sure it's not. It's going to be to speed up the conflagration. <laughs> <laughs> Super Train is going to Super Train is going to start with mobile home parks and it's just going to recycle them <laughs> with all their contents. Uh huh. But I, uh, I, but I, I, my feeling is that that uh, that we we you know we just put a space rocket in space, a private space rocket. I don't know if you watched that. I heard something on NPR about a private space rocket. There was a private space rocket. No, and just I, so you know, the Fantastic Four did that in about 1963. For what it's worth. Well, yeah, I know. Please continue. That that was that's all under cover of the secret uh, Legion of Doom, but but uh, but they just put a private space rocket in their space. I was watching it on the on the internet, and they actually like the people that were announcing it. You know, like the the who, normally you would have some some guys with crew cuts and slide rules in their front pocket, going T minus seven to you know initial second stage defibrillation. Whatever they say, I don't know. I do bad. That's, that's pretty guy. close. If you had, if you had a slide rule, you could really nail that. <laughs> and these three, like the guy had a handlebar mustache and a, and a like ironic afro, and they were like, <laughs> "We did it! All right!" Is it? Has it really Was gotten? I, it's I, gotten that. <laughs> it's gotten that bad at NASA. It's not at NASA though. It's it's, it's some San Francisco startup. They launched it. From, oh, I'm sorry. Of course, launched it from Cupertino off the you know off the back of a tortoise. I don't know what they're doing. What a but. fucking holocaust. We cannot we cannot get something off the pad in this country. And there's people running around in fucking flip flops and afros, just making shit go up in the air. That's yeah, wrong. They 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 put like three Priuses. They 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 bungee cord. Also, three it's very Priuses. quiet. Very quiet rocket. Shh. Super 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 efficient. It can but get the, it can get the is, news NPR station and the classical station <laughs> but they can put a rocket into space now but they can't make a home recycling <laughs> trash compactor what is the deal you can't <laughs> yeah. put metal in the microwave you know, you know like you should have at home you should have a thing where you take your you take your cardboard and you put it in this thing and it immediately starts to mush it and mash it down into that mush mm-hmm and would, then you, would you call it a slurry? 
Yeah, you make a slurry, right? So you've got your you've got a little slot where you put your you put your paper products and it it starts to slurry them, and you put your glass products and it breaks it down and turns it into you know glass dust or you know you should be able to do the first stage of breaking all that shit down at home so that when the recycling truck comes, you just hand them like a a brick. It's like here's the glass oh. brick, here's the metal brick, here's the here's the paper brick. I think I think you're really onto something. It's like Wally. You make a little uh, <clears throat> little cube of trash. It's very efficient. It's like smashing mm-hmm. down your cans when you're like mm-hmm. one of the shopping cart guys. Yeah. But, you know, isn't it funny? Also, then I mean, you know, and I just I literally cannot think of anything. I can think of almost nothing that I would rather talk about less than recycling. It's 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 literally one of the things I least want to talk about. Let's and, go back to scullery maids because okay, can we do that? Yeah, I just I, think it's fucking funny that like you you have a a, a gas driven giant truck that comes to your house. So and takes away it takes away your your dainty imported beer bottles, so that somebody who's getting whatever eight dollars an hour can sort through them on a conveyor belt to make sure they don't have too much beer in them and will screw up the works. Mm-hmm. You know, I just and, and you know what I I just want to just to close the thread. I think mm-hmm. what I hear you saying also, if I'm hearing you correctly, is you should not need a truck at all. If you want to make that into glass art, that could be the way you slurry. If you want to slurry that into literally a park bench, you get you get let's say you keep you wait until you got seven or eight hundred uh, empty milk cartons, and nobody should really be drinking that much milk. But if you do. You get all of those, and you could literally make a park bench or a table. You should be able to. They say reuse is better than recycling. I think slurry is better than reuse. I right. mean, that's that's super flexible, John. I I, I feel like the, sl- the the slurry is the first stage on the way to then having a second machine in your house, which then converts that stuff back into like you take the you take the slurry and then you make it it back into your own printer paper, or you make it back into your own you know glass bottles. You have a little dis- dispenser that like. And it makes a bottle for you. It could make an NPR tote bag. Like it, it could turn it into like a, sort of like a, um, you know how they have like tofurkey? Maybe they could have uh, najute. It's like jute, but it's not jute. Yeah, it, it's new jute. New jute. New jute. Oh, I'm going to capture that. It's new just that it's jute. made with uh, a high, high fructose corn syrup. New, new, new jute I like. I think that new might jute. be a li- little bit ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> my, my sense, it's not, it's not the orthodox jute. No, no, no. It's new jute. Okay. What about can you be reformed jute? I think you can be. There's the there's (laughs) there's there's this new kind of like uh, uh, sort of conservative reform jute. You can be. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. I really want to give up the color. Something I thought of when I was in the shower this morning. Right, because mm. because today, not that it matters. Today is Wednesday, and I have to take my shower. Today's your shower day. Shower day, whether I need it or not. Uh Um, But you talked about. The was it a Hasidic ambulance service? Yeah. Who drives on Friday nights? Oh my god, I hadn't even thought of that. Do you know you know about like kosher elevators, right? Do you know well, Do you know about the insane, the same, and then with all due respect to a great, great religion, a great yeah, series. they really are. They're wonderful people, and let's not. We're not. Well, no, I just want to say I have I have a huge amount of respect for the Jutes, but mm-hmm. but here's the thing that mm. when it's Sabbath. There's all kinds of things you're not allowed to do, right? I told you, you about the wire that goes around the neighborhood. I told you about that. 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 It's in Miami. I told you about that. The wire that goes around the neighborhood? It's a hack. It's a hack. And once you got the wire around your neighborhood, this is true. There's a bit, the, the place where we remember the Holocaust fist I showed you? It's yeah. that same area. It's super Jewish, super Judy. And you, and you put a wire around it, and then it's technically all the rules are off. Right, because you're inside the wire. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And but, the wire is charged with, the, with, the, with God power. <laughs> I I think it's Yahweh, and you're not allowed to pronounce it. Don't say it. Okay. Oh, said, I think said there it. should be some kind of a, a onomatopoetic for that. 
But well, um, yeah, do, do you know I about mean, Sabbath elevators? They're called. They're not kosher elevators because they don't. They don't have any kind of meat that, unless you put them there, which you could do, I think, on on Sunday, but not on Saturday because that's not their day. They don't care about Sundays. You play golf, right? Like like, like, like a gentleman. Right. Here, here's the thing. Do you know? Do you know what a? I want to say not Passover. What a Sabbath? El- have you heard of the Sabbath elevator? Tell us about the Sabbath elevator. Here's the thing. This is where things get super hairy for the Jutes. Is you are mm-hmm. not allowed to cause a fire to be made. Mm-hmm, right. right. And this goes back. And if you read one of those books, you know one of the old books, probably one of the prophets. It's, it's very repetitive, very poorly edited with all due respect. No, right. Oh, Don't make a fire. Don't oh, make no, a fire. No, no fires. No fires is a big, is a big part of the, right, so uh, no light switches, no buttons. You got it. Cause if you turn on the air conditioner, you're making a little flame. You can't, right. you can't. So you know what you do? You hire a scullery maid. You hire somebody. I think they're, I think it's, it's called a Sabbath uh, scullery and mm. somebody can come and turn on the air conditioning for you, but it's a Sabbath boy. It's a, okay. Is that, is that a real term? Yeah, Sabbath Goy. Oh, that's so good. And so now, now the thing is, you have to act like you don't know they work for you because you, you certainly can't pay them that day because that right. would be that would involve lighting a fire. You, you you have to. Here's the thing: maybe there's a place where you just leave money and accidentally drop your address, and then people show up and turn on your fucking air conditioning because hmm. Miami is very hot. Well, with the wire notwithstanding, it's a very very hot community, John. Well, the thing is, if you turn your air conditioning on before the sun goes down on the Sabbath, you yeah. can just leave it on. Oh, you get a good and cold. Well, no, you, you don't have to turn it off. You just leave it on. You have not started a fire. Mm-hmm. A fire is in the process of going. What if, but, your power, what if your power goes out and you have to go to a circuit breaker? Do, you, do uh, they have uh, Sabbath electricians? See that? I, I think that I, I think that was on. Uh, I think that might have been on, parano- on a paranoid. You can definitely. You can. <laughs> you can de- <laughs> Sabbath electricians. You can definitely he go. Has the wires on the lights. You know you are a Jew. <laughs> No, that's sorry. That's Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Please continue. You, uh, that's a great song. It's a great I think. Song. I think you, uh, the, the the question of who drives the ambulances in the Orthodox ambulance service is <laughs> is it is the is the question because anything yeah. else you can you can just hire a goyish person to do. Well, you that, can, and that would defeat the whole purpose. What would if you have if you have a oh goyim, exactly? But you can't you can't have like a, a fill in driver on well, on. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they have. Maybe they have uh, Dominican guys come no, drive. No, no, that's uh, like going to the Cotton Club to get a circumcision. I don't think that. I don't think that works at all. Here's the thing, Sabbath. And here, I'm going somewhere with this. Two things. First of all, Google, which is very silly nowadays, they are developing a driverless car. Point yeah. two: a Sabbath elevator is an elevator that automatically stops at every floor, so you can get on without having to make a fire with the button. It's called a Sabbath elevator. It stops at every floor. It's very inefficient. I would just take the steps, unless they involve the lighting a fire. What if you lived on the 47th floor? Well, maybe you should have thought of that, about that because of your faith. Well, maybe you could get a jute hang glider or some kind of a, a jute rope. They in general, that is, make... why, that is why uh, uh, Orthodox people all do live in communities together so that they don't have to live John, on John, the you traveled floor. a lot. Do most, do most Orthodox jutes live, live very near the first floor? Well, they, they, they tend to live within walking distance of their synagogue so that they cannot... That's the real synagogue, not the wire synagogue. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I mean, yeah, a pro, the wire is usually around an actual synagogue, with, the, in, with an in, actual in, synagogue in the center. No, in, in Florida, it goes around like, like, a, like a neighborhood, like bigger than a subdivision. Yeah, there's one like that in Seattle, too, but there's a synagogue in the middle of that. I bet they couldn't do that on Sabbath. I bet they had to have somebody do that. I bet they had to get a, a um, either had to have a goyim wire hanger or, or a, a, a Sabbath uh, encircler. I'm going to imagine that that wire has to be hung by a rabbi. I would want to Or at least there's a rabbi there. Oh, to make sure that everything was kosher. And I would also have it pretty high up, because although a lot of, just with all due respect, a lot of those folks aren't super tall, but a lot of us are. Like, you're a pretty tall man. You could easily walk, walk into a synagogue wire. 
Yeah, it's got to be high enough, but it doesn't want you don't want it. You don't want birds sitting on it. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe you do. So, maybe you that's know, fine. He's not going to like that. Is the rabbi? <laughs> you know, I have not read as much of the Talmud as I should, and maybe this is all covered in there. Hmm. How will you know when you've read enough? Well, I think when when no one can ask me a question about Judaism where I don't have the answer I, at ready hand. I think we have moved from Socratic to Talmudic. I think we're having a Talmudic discussion right now. Hmm? Well, I, bl- <laughs> I believe that the question that these are all questions that uh, that are you know they're not uh, they're not explicitly in the Torah. They are part of the Talmudic tradition. That's a good. Point. I'm looking as I speak right now. I'm looking at a book called "The Joys of Yiddish" by Leo Rostin. That's an, that was very popular in the seventies. <clears throat> the joy, yeah, the joys of Yiddish. It has all the <laughs> it has all the diagrams. And uh, when you were a kid, you would go look and and every all the ladies had armpit hair. Yeah, Shalom Aleichem. Remember that? Remember the first time you saw that? And all the ladies had armpit hair. Oh my God, the joy of sex was repulsive to me. It was so, and the guy with that 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 beard that like it it hung off of him, like his penis and his beard hung in exactly the same way. I have to droopy. I have to say that those the the people in the joy of sex did not look like they were enjoying what they were doing. No, no, they looked like they were the last two people like getting picked in kick pickball. They were the last two people at the key party, and neither of them were happy. Yeah, 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 but that, but they somehow felt obligated to go through all seven hundred positions in the oh, Sutra. Maybe they were Logie from Fondue and Steely Dan. <laughs> Although I, there was a, there was one interesting one where the what was it? The guy. This one where listen one where he licks her armpit or something. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. I I, I I'm sure I flipped past that as fast as I could. Yeah. But there was one where the guy was on his back and he had his feet up in the air. <laughs> And she was, like, on the outside of his legs, but somehow, like, on top of him in such a way that, that, but it was like she was, like, she was the the boy horse. Right. But, because he was. uh, It's called scandalizing the butterfly. He was, like, feet in the air, full on, like, but she, but she was doing the, she was doing the the work. It's always intrigued me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I've gone to the internet to find out what a scullery maid is. And first, can I just suggest, just not now, because we, I think we would have to edit a lot of it out. Go look at the images for scullery maid. It's, it's, it's unexpectedly hot. Because scullery maid, so in great houses, and she's working in a, she's, she's got a barrel. Oh, they got a barrel, they got a barrel and a mop. Because here's the thing, in, a, in great houses, scullery maids were the lowest ranked and often the youngest of the female servants. <laughs> acted as an assistant to a kitchen maid. Mm. I think they did a lot of mopping. Oh, she, she assisted in cleaning vegetables, plucking fowl, and scaling, scaling fish. fish. She can what? pluck John. She can pluck fowl. She's got super strong fingers. Mm. Oh, oh! Can I just say, wringing out mops, not like new mops, not like nice mops, like mm. old mops where they've just been moving dirt around. She has to squeeze that so hard with her hands. Mm-hmm. Now, she, this is this is a, this is something that I have thought about for many years, and and and, and part of it was uh, I had a, I, I I had an uncle who was a rich man. He was a he was a, a member of the uh, of the one percent, mm-hmm. and um, as he got older, like a lot of those guys uh, uh, who uh, made a lot of money, as he got older, what he what he wanted to do was just keep making more money. <laughs> and my dad, who was not a rich man, but who lived like a rich man, who thought like a rich man, my dad used to say to my uncle, well, <laughs> and I'm going to do it in his voice, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> You're, you're 76 years old. You're, you're working 80 hours a week. Why don't, why don't you get a young girl? Why don't you get a young girl and go... Uh, to you know. do the work or to distract No, not him. to do the work. Like, 
stop working, oh, God. get a girl and go sit on a beach somewhere. Like you made it. You got all the money in the world. You don't need more money. Go get a young girl and go sit on the beach somewhere. That's what, you know, that's how you spend your money. And my uncle was just like, ah, get it. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, poor people to ruin. <laughs> But, uh, but but my, my thought is, like, there are so many rich people in the world. And you know some of them, you know, you know, most of them are still, like, getting up in the morning, like, I get up in the morning every day and make more money because I'm an asshole. <laughs> but but there have got to be some that are like, you know what I have? I have scullery maids to help the kitchen maids. Like, they're doing it right they, in, in the sense that they are enacting a medieval fantasy in a castle that they built for themselves on Lake Como. Oh, they're, they're make-believe gentry. Right, that they are actually, like, like uh, they are, you know, defenestrating their enemies, <laughs> and they are, they, they are, they are impaling the heads of their, of their, uh, I totally agree bad with you. guys on stakes around their house and stuff. And you know who you can tell, you know who you can tell does that, like, people who yell at the waitress, you you know I, I this is this seriously if I you know I don't and this is your this is your show it's it's your chance to help people but if I could give one piece of advice to people if you're about to go into any kind of a relationship with anybody and whether that's going to be a partner or somebody where you give each other handies or somebody where you where more money is exchanged first of all it's very important that you eat out with them several times this will tell you a lot about them if they always order the steak unless it's a really nice steak they're probably kind of boring right if they if they uh, if they put too much salt on their food without tasting it good to know. Because they're probably a little bit reckless and not not very good with their judgment. But here's the thing: they will probably they will try to be nice to you, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. on dates and stuff. They're going to try to be charming, you know, to a point, but not make it super weird. If that person fucking does anything but is a complete gentleman or gentle lady with the staff of the restaurant, they're a fuck stain. Hmm. Interesting theory. Because that is a small person who needs a disparity in class and power in order to feel like a whole person. And they will fuck you over 11 times from Sunday if you get anywhere near them. And you'll never find out until it's lit till it's too late. And suddenly you're the waitress. You're, 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 the, uh, you're the lady horse and you're the one not getting a tip, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Have you had this experience, John? You eat out a lot. I do eat out a lot. But, well, and, and, and uh uh, I, I think that I think I need to make two, or I need to make at least one distinction, which okay. is that, yes, agreed. I, I have never been, I have never been in a situation where someone was like rude or aggressive with a waitress because I feel very strongly that I have a, I have enough sense to pick, to to have already excluded those people like secret like music business stuff. We've had to go have dinner with some bigwig with the cigar and the hundred dollar bills. You've never seen this. Most of the most of the time. Most of the time, they are, you know, they they at least they at least are smart enough to know that that how they treat the waitress is also going to be some somewhat how they're judged by uh, by you know if they're trying to like oh cl- it's like close an A&R, a deal it's like the A and R guy they want to be they want to show how how they're like you but yeah 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 exactly okay but I but there is an epidemic I think among liberal uh, people in their thirties or forties of what I would call like condescending reverse uh obsequiousness to waitresses which is <laughs> condescending reverse obsequiousness to waitresses yes okay which is over politeness and deference to waitresses as a as a way of expressing that 
you understand how hard their job is and you really don't want to make any imposition on them mm -hmm. but can you please ha you know can i get please just get one more and i'm really sorry to ask but can i please get one more piece of cheese for my mm -hmm. and that like over deference to waitresses is a kind of condescension mm -hmm. that liberal people pay when in fact Oh, uh, being a waitress is a is a, a proud and and dignified position, and what your waitress wants is for you to say what you want in the with an absolute economy of language, and get the fuck out of her hair and let her get on with her job. That's a job. So, yeah. So if your hamburger comes and it is wrong, you don't say, "Um, I'm sorry," but bum, num, and, uh, you just say, uh, "Miss, I I ordered this without the thing, and it has the thing." And if you if you say it. It, it, with with an economy of language, I, I I have been at dinner with so many people and music business people too, where the waitress or I say, Miss, I ordered this with the thing and it doesn't have the thing, and she goes, oh, okay, and she comes and grabs the plate, and the person across from me says, turns to the waitress and goes, I'm sorry, he's oh, so big mistake. That's a big mistake if you do that to me. <sighs> oh man, the uh, correction's worse than the crime. Right, and the waitress kind of looks over at the other person and goes, yes, yeah, no problem, and they walk off to the kitchen, and then. Then the person who has corrected me is in for a little, le a mini lecture from me about <laughs> how they never should. Never given a mini lecture in your <laughs> about life. About how they should a shut the fuck up and b how you know how they're they, they can be they can be like condescendingly uh, over polite as much as they want in their own transactions with people, but not to impose that bullshit on my interactions. And I, I I've, I've been in, in long arguments with people where like I had a guy one time say. To the, to a waitress when I was saying, uh, "Can I mana?" You know, like I'd like a this and I and not a this. The guy turns to the waitress. The guy doesn't know me that well, but he turns to the waitress and goes, "He's obviously never waited tables." Oh, oh man! And this is a guy that I know for a fact had never waited tables. If that was the old west, that would be the equivalent of him calling you yella. Well, Han would have shot first in that situation. If that was the old West, I wouldn't have even stood up. I would have shot him just from under the table. Oh, no. He would not have finished his indignity <laughs> before he'd be splattered all over the cantina. But John, fact, that's I, ridiculous. In fact, I have waited tables, and I waited tables for years. Dude, you, you managed a place full of grunge drunks. Grunge drunks. Don't that's tell me about customer service. And this guy is trying to, like, he's trying to cutsel up to this waitress by, like, oh, obviously he's never had to do a thing before because he's a rock star. And I'm like, you know, you 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 got a master's degree, you know, and you got a master's degree in business. Like you've never waited fucking tables, guy. And and, and you know, and it's it's part of this culture of like, and I think it started in the '80s when when waiters started actually coming up to the table and sitting down in the booth with you and going, "Hi guys, mm -hmm. what, what what are you gonna have today? What are we having tonight? I'm Skip. I'm, I'm yeah. your server." Yeah, I'm Skip. I'm your server. What are we having tonight? Do you want to get some jalapeno poppers? I'm your customer, and I'm trying to have a conversation. And that, you know, and, and so all these people that were kind of raised in that environment, they think right. that, that, is the, that that's the dynamic with waitresses. Like, hi, how are you? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry that you have to work a job. John, this is one of the many important corners in your much larger Weltanschauung, if I could just use a German word for a minute. You have, this is you part of your larger... You don't, like, you don't like fake nice. I don't. Right? Um... There's there's a variety of things that this fits into into your fake nice masks evil more than it more than it promotes good. Oh yeah, I think Karl Marx said that the road to hell is paved with apologizing for John Roderick in a restaurant. <laughs> it was in das Kapital. That was, that was Friedrich Engels. Das but, Kapital. I think you're uh, well. 
Uh, I was going to make a philosopher joke, but they're never funny. Uh, okay. But but here's the thing. There's I, I, one person that's listening to this podcast that's like, oh, you should have made a philosopher. I was going to, but I can't. <laughs> but here's the thing. You um you uh, uh I could make this very functional if I could say, and this gets into, into the stuff that I care about, and I think there's a Venn diagram somewhere here, which is that clarity. We've got to have clarity. We should have clarity about our roles. Like it doesn't mm. have to be like weird. It makes it the opposite of weird if we are clear about our roles. I have come into this place to be served food by people who serve food. In exchange for that, I give them money. They have a job to do, right? You know what? And John, I don't want to make it about hand jobs, but I think this is straight in the fucking hand job wheelhouse. Because you go in there and you, I think you got to tell them what you want. And in this instance, you don't, you don't, you don't want the guy to get the handy next to you to say, "Oh, Paul, I'm sorry that he was so aggressive and and talking about his balls." Like, fuck Mm. that. Fuck that. That's right. And in this case, if you want to talk about your balls, you talk about them. But you know what you do? I think there, there, there's the thing is, I think most waitrons, which I think is the gender neutral way to say it, it's a terrible, terrible word. um, Will will enjoy the clarity, just like some person giving you handy. And I don't want to say that all waitresses give hand jobs because that's I've just in my experience that's not the case. But but if you go in there and you say to them. Hi, I I, uh, I wanted this uh, medium rare, and this is really closer to medium well. Mm-hmm. Could you could you take it back and and give me another one? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there's there's nothing unclear about that. Like, right. and, 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 any, and any waiter that has a problem with that, any waiter that rolls their eyes or is like, oh my god, they apologize and walk away. They go, they do the thing, they go. Well, you know? but but a waiter a waiter that has a problem with it is in the wrong line of work. And there are you know? so many. And the baristas, can I just say baristas? Yeah. Oh my God! But you know, I, I the, the the you're right. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was the '80s. A lot of terrible things came out of the '80s. But I think you're absolutely right. I think I think there's this there is this culture. Now let's be honest. People like like my friend Scott Simpson and me. Our entire life is predicated on trying to make the waitress like us. Because that's oh yeah, just, and you guys apologize profusely before. I, and I, I've told you how sorry I am about that. But it's really true. We just want to make the waitress laugh. You know, this, and, uh, uh, what, and what it really hmm. is about is it's about the denigration of the great class of servers. Oh that has happened over the last... The noble, the noble tradition. Now, I disagree, John. I think, because <clears throat> I could still try to make the waitress like me, but then I could also be nice about it. And here's the problem, and this is where I start to feel like a crazy person, is like, there's a place we go in our neighborhood, a place you've been to before, and we go there and we get burgers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I don't know if it's a language barrier, I don't know if it's the fact that almost nobody can ever understand what I'm saying, no matter what, right. like inclusive. But I went right. in there and I said... Uh, can I get the cheeseburger medium rare with fries? And can I also please get... This is for a kid. So when you start it with, this is for a kid, that's mm-hmm. code. That means fucking right. listen to this. Right, right. This is for a kid. You ask a question and you go... Clean is there, food only, please. Is there, is there sauce on that? It's for a kid. Right. And, and they go, well, I don't know sauce. Or so you might as well be saying, is there shrimp on there because otherwise my child will die. That's how seriously you must take it. If I mm-hmm. have to walk home with something that has any sauce on it, I'm going to be coming back there, and I'm not going to be happy. And then right. I'm going to be that guy a little bit. So I say, could I please have? Could I have the, uh, the the cheeseburger special? But I would like nothing on. I didn't say no cheese. I said I want nothing on the burger except burger on a bun. So please, no sauce, no cheese, no anything. Please, mm-hmm. please, please, no cheese, no sauce, no anything. And so, of course, it immediately turns into a Monty Python routine. And she goes, so cheeseburger. I said, yes, uh, I want the burger, but with no cheese. Like, and I, and I'm, you can't see, but I'm making this horizontal gesture with my hand flat, as right. if to say, I there will be, I will salt the land. This is scorched earth. Right. It's, it's no moving nothing. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making a 90 degree horizontal swing to indicate flat fucking land. Yes. Dry. Right. Nothing. Bone. Right. right. Barren. Desert. 
I want she a says, cheeseburger on a desert. That's right. And I want you to hold it between your knees. And she says, and so of course she responds, you know, in, with that amount of overconfidence that this particular waitress has it, always trying to remember my order and getting three things about it wrong. And she says, okay, so on the side, I said, here's the thing. I want you to take a plastic box and put some, some of those crinkle cut fries in there. And I want I want a burger with literally nothing on it, but a piece of meat on a bun. So you yeah. can guess how this, what, what, what goes on here. It sure. comes out and it's fully dressed. It's yeah, got yeah, everything right. on it. Mm-hmm. And I say, and, and I, I, and each time she said, like, your order's almost ready, I actually, because this place makes me crazy by getting, if they got my order wrong mm-hmm. seven out of eight times, mm-hmm. I'd stop going there. Mm-hmm. If they got my order wrong one out of 39 times, it wouldn't matter. Right, getting but- <laughs> my order wrong one out of seven times is crazy making. Yeah, it's just enough to make you feel fucking nuts. And so I said, oh, remember, remember that for the kid. So nothing on it. You know, I'm doing right, that, right, right. and I'm being that guy you hate. But I'm going. Yeah, And the course comes out fully dressed. It's got shit all over it. Right. And so you know, you can fucking guess. Did you throw it at her? I said, you'll remember this. Did you push her up against a wall? I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say medium. I didn't say very rare. I said rare. No, no, no. They took it back, and you know exactly what that what that cocksucker in the back did. No, it, now that's a myth. No, they're, they're not spitting on your food. No, 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 no. I, well, oh. I, I wouldn't know. I didn't check. Oh. I checked it carefully enough to see that he had scraped the cheese oh. off, scraped the other stuff off, oh. and got he'd gotten a, a fresh bun, and that oh. was the extent of it. Oh boy. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. Have and then I, I open it up because I always check my order there now. And I, God, I fucking hate myself for the last thirty-five minutes of what I've been saying. But mm-hmm. now there's little bits of cheese on the fries. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you gotta. Yeah. You know there's what? There's moisture. At that point, there's pooling. At that point, you burn the restaurant down. At that point, you burn the restaurant down. You stand out in the street, take all your clothes off. Do you have off. a gut sense of when it's really time to burn the restaurant down? Do you, you have know, a sense? That, you, you, I mean, it's yeah. not it's not purely emotional. Emotion plays a role in it. You're like Wolverine. It's brought you to where you are. But you yeah, must yeah. have some sense in your mind of when the line has been crossed and it is time to fix something. Why did Mookie grab that trash can and throw it through the front window of Sal's Pizzeria? Trash. He had enough. You know what? He it was just time. had had enough. It was time. to. It was time. It was time to burn it down. I didn't think Sal was all that bad. No, no, no! I didn't either. I was surprised when Mookie threw the trash can I through was the surprised. window, and at the time I was like, well, "What? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it." Sal was good to Mookie, but Mookie had had enough. It was time. It was mm-hmm. just time to burn that restaurant down. Hmm. And in this in this situation, when there's now you got sauce on the fries, it's too, it's too much to explain to get it right. I think you just got to go out in the street, take your clothes off, throw a trash can through the window, and burn it down. Because it's, it's harder to identify you. What if you wore a hoodie and were otherwise naked? You wouldn't wear a hoodie, probably. Uh, you know, there was a time when I would have worn a, worn a hoodie, but now I think you just you just get uh, you just get naked. Because here's the thing: about, well, I mean, about, what's, what's wrong with having a chance to get naked? It's something here's the that's thing nice. about burning a restaurant down. If you get <laughs> naked first, people are less likely to grab you. People are less likely to grab a naked guy. First of all, that's oh, just, you're like you're like the Iron Sheik. You got no hair to grab. Yeah, you're right. that's good. You, Close off, and mm-hmm. then you've automatically got a circle of you've got a, you've got a, like a, a buffer zone of twenty feet where where most white hats, most good Samaritans mm-hmm. are not going to break that twenty foot barrier with a naked guy. And, they're definitely uh, they're, gonna they're gonna think twice and possibly six times. Yeah, a guy that would otherwise flying tackle you, 
before you burn this restaurant down is going to stop at that 20 foot line and go i don't see know. if it's a nervous looking teenager who's got like a can of gas and and looks like they masturbate a lot i think hmm. that that kid gets a fucking flying tackle and gets maybe a big so. claw super train gets that kid in a claw good and fast maybe so i think if you see a man with a lot of dignity uh-huh. a middle and a beard, man. a middle-aged mm-hmm. man with a lot of dignity who does his own haircuts a little mm-hmm. tall and mm-hmm. he and he is out there with his just his, his chin up and his chest out, <coughs> sucking in his gut a little bit, probably. Naked as a jaybird, Naked. sucking in his gut in case somebody is take, taking pictures. Well, if you think there's not ladies out there who like firebugs, what do they call them? Firebirds? What do they fire, call them? Firebugs. Fire, firebugs. Firebugs. Okay. You okay. know, and the, the thing is, there are ladies that like firebirds, too. And if you have a firebird, <laughs> driven by a firebug. Fire yeah. Especially, you know, and what's nice is this is why Friday night is a good date night because the the gene pool is a little bit limited. I'm not saying there's a genetic difference, but a lot Mm. of people are at home not enjoying their air conditioning and not driving their cars. So anyway, the point was that if you had the Hasidic ambulance, you could maybe have a self-driving ambulance. Now, what if, oh, what about this? What about if you got to go paddles clear? What do you do? What if you have to resuscitate somebody with the paddles? No, I think think you're, I think you're, you're, we're all the way, we can't go like into details now. There's got to be some... This is all in a book. It's got to be in a book. There's got to be some way around the Hasidic ambulance service. But here's the problem. What with, if you hit him with pickles? The problem with uh, trying to understand the Hasidic community is that they don't go online and tell you all about themselves. You know what I mean? Like uh, Orthodox people of all stripes oh, are generally not interested in letting you know all their uh, the peccadillos. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, there's a kind of, I think as, as religion gets more orthodox, people are less interested in converting other people and more interested in just uh, blowing it up. Well, especially, and I don't mean this as an, honestly don't mean this as an, as an insult, but especially as your community becomes a more closed one, like like amongst the friends if or, you, or amongst I, I think, the Hasidics. Like that's a, that's, I don't want say it's a closed community, but there's a lot of... I think by definition, as you become more orthodox, your, your, your community becomes more insular. What about Unitarians? I do not know about Orthodox Unitarianism. I'm well, not sure. I think Unitarianism, by definition, does not allow for Orthodoxy, does it? I just think it makes you a little faster. Because, you know, those, those, they, they fuck like bunnies, the Unitarians. You, you get them in a lock-in, and there's going to be some serious trouble. You're going to want a fucking damp cloth and some dim lights. Well, because, here's, the, here's the thing about Unitarianism. Yeah. It, that, that song, Kumbaya, mm-hmm. I mean, just saying those words... I'm getting a little bit of a chuckle. It kind of sounds like come on my face a little bit. Kumbaya. I'm what do you think like, that means? Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord. Huh. Kumbaya. 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 Oh, when lord, I was, Kumbaya. Uh, when I was... Uh, I think it means come by here. I think is what it means. When I was a little kid, my mom uh, took us to church because she wanted me to know all the things about people, about the world. And we went to Methodist church. Ugh. And uh, oh oh, you got a problem with Methodism? I got a problem with Methodists. I got a problem with Lutherans. I got I got a huge problem with Baptists. I, I got a lot of problems. See, you and think, it, and, and can I just literally beg you to not get started on religion, except uh, in as much as you need to tell this story. But you know, I, I, in our long conversations, I never get the chance to tell you how many religions I don't like. But please continue. Oh. Well, in any case, uh, yeah. it was during uh, this was in the seventies, and so there was a famine in Ethiopia, I think, at the time. And uh, I think and, the hip the hip famine in the seventies was China. Oh no! There were some great African famines. It was it was it was after Biafra, I think. But it was oh. but Ethiopia was the big famine. Yeah. That was the big UNICEF famine, like the early eighties. Yeah. But um, uh, we had a uh, we had a thing uh one time where we we made a um, we made like a 
it was basically a haunted house where you got down on your hands and knees and had to crawl through a succession of tunnels and the tunnels got smaller and smaller and smaller until you had to kind of push your way through this, uh, through the last stage of this tunnel. Uh, and the idea was that that gave you a sense of what it was like to be starving. <laughs> that's, that, it sounds like something that is uniquely designable by someone who has never missed a meal. You know what I mean? Like that, my, that, my, my sense of it is that at the that, point when your body starts to break down and literally eat itself, that's a lot like being in a tube at church. It's a lot like being in a tube in the basement of the church. And this was, this was the, what the uh, fuck? What is, what, I mean, what, could you make any sense of that at all? As a kid, I could make no sense of it. And I remember going through the tunnel and getting to the part that was tight it was not it wasn't like tight around my waist even it was just like tight around my shoulders as i pushed through this tube and i was like hmm this does not feel like being hungry and i came out the other side and was like wow you know and they, and there were a bunch of adults there like yeah heavy stuff right right Boy, that's really, not really really makes you think doesn't it so so we, that's why we are raising money that's why we are collecting pennies and old newspapers for the, for the I, people I could think of a, I think, now I'm not a Methodist by any means, but uh, I, I could think of a, a much more effective way to do that because what? You always got snacks. You got snacks and you got lunch. Like, yeah. what if for the sake of argument, even after the bell rang or, or, the, or the cross fell or whatever happens to let you know the class is over, like, what if you just had them stay in there longer? Like, like, and like maybe four to six hours. And you sat there and ate in front of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know what? Maybe you get in the tube and make make a yummy noise while you're having having some food. It's going to amplify it. You know what I mean? It's got like it'll have like a like a uh, you know a plate reverb effect, and they'll yeah, be sitting I, there going, I, "When do I, I get to eat?" I'm, I'm pretty sure that the so that 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 the solution, or or rather, that the the ultimate goal should not be the ultimate goal in getting a group of seven year olds to empathize with uh, people in Ethiopia should not be to try and get them to feel starving. Like, that is so fucking white. <laughs> I think... Don't you it, think? It, I mean, it, it, is really so, is. it is so white to think that you cannot have, have empathy for other people w- without doing some kind of a firewalking or a ropes course. That's so stupid. Yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, yeah. did I hijack I, your point? No, no, I mean, I, I, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I see this. Uh, I, it, it still happens all the time. All these, uh, all these people who, are, who make documentary films about Africa and everybody talks about it on their Facebook page. It's all. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's all just like crawling through a tube and trying to imagine that that's what being starving feels like. It really, really, I'm, you know, John, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm going to get a tube. I'm mm. going to think about it for a while. I'm going to get in the tube and you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to order a tube when I assume that there must be some kind of an online Methodist store where I could get this. Um, and, and I'm sure a portion of the proceeds go to charity, whatever the fuck that means. But I will order a tube. And can I just say, I'm not going to tell them what size or how tight I want it. I'm just going to have it arrive. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to maybe, I'll, of course, I'll be eating copiously because that's right. something I'm able to do. Because right. I'm it not might starving. be a little tube, but you could put your finger in it and, and your finger will feel like oh, it's like a Chinese finger trap. Yeah. Is that ping pong? Finger box. My, 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 my kid has a Chinese finger trap. It's not that hard to get out of if you really want to. I don't know. That's I. I I'm not. I'm not sure that a Chinese finger box isn't part of some kind of. Uh, I think that's a, a, like a sex toy. Oh, I should take that away from her. Yeah, you should. You shouldn't let her have that. Should at least sniff it. Huh. <laughs> but I think that tube arrives, and I don't even know what what to expect. Maybe the, it might be like an Iron Maiden inside. 
I mean, what here's what here here's how you uh, here's how you simulate uh, uh, famine. Mm-hmm. You uh, you buy a tube or some rope, and you you put the tube around yourself, and you wrap the rope very tight around your middle, right, very as tight as you can, and then you go outside and you sit in the sun and you don't eat for a month, and. And then you'll. Uh... So you're saying if you're gonna have this fake empathy, yeah, it should it should be by way of something that's truly empathic, which is putting yourself in that position. Well, I, no, I don't even believe that because to go to choose to starve to death again, is it's not like my friend says, you can't choose famine. to join the proletariat. Like if you if you've got the safety net of knowing that you're in your backyard and can go inside and have a nosh. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. You can go in and have a snack anytime you feel like it. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. It is not the same. Well, then, then is, it's like it's like all this extreme sports stuff, right? Or it's like any of this, like bungee jumping. It's like all this fake peril. You know what I mean? It's it's this way of simulating this kind. Of, you know, and I think now we we are getting further further into your personal wheelhouse. I don't mm. even know what a wheelhouse is, but I know you can be inside of it. Mm. Do you know what a wheelhouse is? A wheelhouse is the little house that sits up on top of a tugboat, where huh. the the where the cat where the the tugboat driver is. And it's just a little, you know, like the, the, there's not a large cabin. It's just a little box with a window where the, where the guy that's steering the tugboat sits. And I guess that then extends to any, any place on a boat where the steering wheel is for the boat. And so I think the metaphor of in my wheelhouse means like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's on my boat, but when you're in the wheelhouse, you're really steering the boat at that point. Okay, that, that makes. First of all, I I, I just want to say that I really want to stop using that phrase because it's super super dumb. Yeah, but, I hear it all the time. Yeah, it's awful. But so you're saying it's kind of like if you imagine concentric circles. This is very near the center of your expertise. You've got a boat, right? Right. You You've can got, be on the boat and and not know anything. You're just riding the boat. But once mm-hmm, once you're mm-hmm. there's not room in the wheelhouse for somebody. You could be a part owner the, of the boat, but you're still not the captain. You're still not in the wheelhouse. You got to be in the wheelhouse. Is there anywhere tighter than the wheelhouse you can get into? Well, you could be in the bilge, but I don't think that's where you want to be on a boat. Okay, is that where the slurry goes? That's where the slurry goes. That's where the that's where the oily water goes. I don't know. There's something about maids, and I'm not talking about like French maids. Uh, the French maid thing, like I, that is. No, that, you're talking about dirty maids. You're that, talking about maids that are on their hands and knees, on their hands the and knees, scrubbing and squeezing the shit out of some mops, scrubbing a stone floor. Right. But this is the thing. If I was a very, very, oh, very wealthy suck. person, like suck. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a baby with his. Uh, with those made, right? Yeah, that's a crime of opportunity, though, right? Well, except if you're a super rich guy, why would you not present yourself with that opportunity at every op- at every opportunity? Why would you not staff your house with a bunch of 21 year old Ecuadorian maids? Mm-hmm. Have- uh, like where your, where your wife lives, though. Well, I mean, oh, well, see, okay, now if I could say that this wife, takes us I back. I forgot about the wife thing. Well, this takes us back to the pedicure problem. If you discover that there are many mini Hondurans in your home and they often mm-hmm. seem exhausted. And that their knees hurt and they aren't scrubbing anything. That's something you need to look into. I, I don't want to make this super weird. It seems to me that there are a lot of people that live inside the wire that need their air conditioning turned on. And then that there are a lot of rich guys that would like to diddle a maid. So I'm thinking maybe you hire your Hasidic maid and you trade that for Arnold Schwarzenegger to come and turn your air conditioning on. So You, you know hire what I mean? a Hasidic maid? I, I think that is not a good strategy. Not a Hasidic maid, but a, 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 like a, a maid who would work for these folks. You know what I'm saying? Would you, could you have a Goyam maid? Is that allowed? 
Oh, absolutely. I think that that's, that's preferred. Uh, yeah, preferred. Do you see, see what I'm saying? There, you do a little switcheroo. You say, "I scratch my back." You, you get a you get a handy from a lady who knows how to squeeze a mop. But you come over here, right? You, you flip on the air for me. Maybe maybe you get a you get a, like a phone just for the purpose. Mm-hmm. But that way, you're both good. You can go over and donk some Honduran lady that works for the Jutes, and they get to have their air conditioning come on because you're not the governor anymore, and and your wife is is super mad at you and looks a little bit like a box. That's, hmm. I'm just saying, like, th- this is the kind of thing that we could be using the internet for instead of just sitting around hitting stars and shit. It is the, it is the rare, it is the rare tirade from you where I do not understand any of the, the, the logical leaps that you're making. But that was one. Were you reading, was, were you reading something? That was one where, uh, no, I was, at, at a certain point, I stopped reading and I, and I le- leaned back in my chair to concentrate on what you were saying. Okay, John, not, I'm going to break, I'm going to break this down for you. I'm going to break this down for you. <laughs> no, 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 I think I get the, I think I get the gist. Oh, I don't think you get anything like a gist. I think you're far outside your wheelhouse and may have fallen off your fucking boat. Stone soup. Here's the thing. Stone you soup. bring carrots. You bring carrots, right? Yeah. They I bring, bring ca- celery, which doesn't really help all that much. Somebody else brings, I assume, meat. As yeah, so long why as don't I bring the stone? I always bring the stone to stone well, soup. Like stone soup, but with a scullery made and, and air conditioning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You know, you know what it is. It's a lot like film noir. You know, in film noir, there's there's a lot of like, oh, I'll kill this. Oh, oh, is it strangers on a train? Strangers on a train, right? Is that the one? I don't know. I have or no like, idea where you are now. Or, okay, so I'm sorry. Instead of strangers on a train, how about you're on a space rocket somewhere? How about throw mama from the train? I will kill the person that annoys you. You kill the person that annoys me. We're both better off from a train. And we got plausible deniability. This is a Hitchcock thing. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, I'm with you. (sighs) It's a Hitchcock thing. I thought you were doing so much better. Have you been sleeping? (laughs) Not really. I think it's not difficult to understand. If you're a Jewish person who lives in Miami inside of a wire and you want your air conditioning to turn on, all you have to do is find a very rich man who wants to fuck a maid. And then you swap. (laughs) That with plausible deniability. That's in the Talmud. Uh, Hmm? You know, I need my medication adjusted. Which which one? <laughs> All the ones you haven't started taking yet? <laughs> your make your make believe medications. Yeah, I need the medications I'm not taking adjusted. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh gosh, it's a rich tradition though. I have a lot of respect for Judaism, like for realsies. Like mm. I there's a lot about it that I think is really, really interesting. And I I'm think I'm sure that they're thrilled to get your endorsement. For realsies. <laughs> Did you hear? Merlin Mann thinks it's all right. <laughs> for realsies. <laughs> they could put that's a pull quote. They could put that on their homepage. They don't have homepage. Now, now listen, if I don't know, like, I don't know why whenever I, I'm imitating a, a old Jewish man I speak like Tevier from uh <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof, but it's because that's really that's really uh, Mm-hmm. Close approximation. Yeah, sure. That's that's in Eastern Europe, right? I was uh, I was listening to a podcast, and there was Merlin Mann, and he said uh, he thinks that it's okay. A lot of things. You good sound about- like a lonely eleven year old boy impersonating Jackie Mason. <laughs> that's so true. That is how. Guess I, how I know. <laughs> every every morning I wake up and I'm like. Okay, 11-year-old boy who lives inside me. Are you ready? Uh, Are you ready to pretend that we're Jackie Mason? Especially given how little respect and, more importantly, enjoyment you have of literally everything that I do, I will someday tell you the story of the Church Talent Show. Were you imitated Jackie Mason when you were 11? It was much, much worse. Much, 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 much worse. My mom basically wrote the libretto. She wrote the script for it. And uh, it it was a lot like, you know, you ever seen one of those, like, meta, 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 
80s comic things where the guy's like, I was at a rather interesting party the other night, and I saw some, and he turns, and he puts his hands over his face, and he comes back, and he goes, ah, I gotta tell you, and he comes back, and he's doing impersonations, and they're not uh-huh, funny. Right, right. I did that. I did a tour de force. I, we don't have time for this today, but I did a tour de force series of impersonations that was excruciating. And wow, it was all, it was all based on ideas. No, 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 rich, 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 tiny. Like it, <laughs> it was, it was all based on ideas from my mom. So I'm, I'm 11, oh, about wow. 11. And uh, the one I brought to the idea table was the idea of the very old man that Tim Conway does <laughs> on Carol Burnett with shuffles. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The Protodorf. Yes, fair yeah. enough. Yes, yeah. yes. But I also did. I did. A, I did a lot of. I did a lot of the folks that people in the late seventies would be familiar with and enjoy. I did mm-hmm. Groucho Marx, Foster Brooks. I did. No, I did. I did, I did Jimmy Durante. Oh yeah, that's. I good did stuff. a Jimmy Durante impersonation. I did a. I did a. Um, Jack Benny impersonation. Now here's the here's the problem with our generation. I'm speaking specifically about the window of generation that includes you and me. Right? Is this uh, the window that you, you yell at the meter maid out of? Is it the window out of which you defenestrate <laughs> your enemies? Or is the, it's the metaphorical window out of which the millennials are literally throwing themselves? This is the, ge- this is the window of people who were born between 19... 19- I'm sorry, so it could also be the homosexual sill that you like to sit on. <laughs> well, if you know yeah, what I mean. It's like, a lady, the same like a lady window. horse. Okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's the window where Eric okay. Clapton's son fell out into, into the street. I say that to my daughter. If she gets too close to a window, I say, no Clapton's, no Clapton's. Like, oh, no, just no. like I'm saying, no whammies. We'll cut that out. <laughs> oh. She doesn't no know clap- what it means. No yet. Claptons. There are so many times in a day when I would when I, when I feel like no Claptons is the thing to say. Like when I go to a show, I I, I regret walking on stage. I'm like no Claptons, no Claptons. No on the Claptons. one hand, it's great that I will forget to cut this out. On the other hand, that is in such incredibly poor taste. And on the third, on the third misshapen hand, it's it's really a shame that that can't be the title of this episode. No Claptons. No Claptons. No Claptons. No Claptons. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what? Uh, what oh no! Here's the thing about the about uh, the window of our generation, yours and mine, which is people. <laughs> I'm gonna start were, a special pile just for windows. The 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 people that were born between 1965 and 1968. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we were <laughs> when we were nine years old, we were imitating Jackie Mason. Yeah, Mel. Uh, 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 Definitely Jack Benny. Everybody, you had to do Jack, Jack Benny. Benny uh, yeah. uh, all these TV stars of the fifties, right? I mean, those people were all those people were already twenty five years in the past. Groucho Marx. I mean, we were. He was. Our, he, I was. Uh, I was eleven when he died. Our comedy heroes. Yeah. Were it would be like kids today, eleven year old kids today, imitating Sam Kinison. Imitating, like the the stand up comics of the early eighties, like I guess so. But it was also it was a smaller world then. We talked to, last last week uh, on our, well, my previous episode. There's not really a time. This is timeless, so you can listen to any of them anytime. But right, we talked about changing channels on two to thirteen, right? You right. had and and so I I didn't follow up with, um, after after your discussion of that. But we had we had ABC, NBC, CBS. We had PBS. one. Well, so on, on the UHF, we had five, which is NBC, nine, which is CBS, and 12, which was ABC. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And if you could get Dayton on two, that's pretty good, Dayton on two, um, you, uh, you could maybe watch like, things at a slightly different time. But mm-hmm. UHF, we had uh, WXIX. Uh, can you guess what, w, what channel number WXIX was? Because it's rather clever. Nine. No, no. Try again. XIX. Oh, uh, 19. Channel 19. How great is that? Isn't that's that brilliant? Really 
Yeah. That's independent too, right? Creature feature and shit. And then you had f- fucking like 48 or something was, was PBS. But that was well, we it. Didn't have, we didn't have those things. You didn't have no PBS. Not, not in <coughs> oh, Anchorage? Oh, no, we did. But PBS was in normal, like, it, PBS uh, in Anchorage. You had it on a normal channel? Yeah, it was channel seven. Holy shit. That, some serious money crossed hands for that to happen, John. Well. 48, 48's where PBS belongs, let's be honest. If you want it, you should really have to get Channel there. 7. I, I still feel like Channel 7 is PBS. Hmm. I still feel like when if somebody I still feel said, like Channel Two's Dayton, yeah, or, channel, or the, or the TV guide, was, or the TV channel guide. Two channel Two is NBC in Anchorage. Um, Dayton, I gotta go back in the stack a minute. Uh, Dayton, the problem with Windows, uh, Windows. Oh, 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 so here's the thing: the world was smaller, right? I, oh, you, you remember? Yeah. As I like to remind you, you should quit. We should quit dicking around with all this music bullshit and become, as you know, you are fated to be the Charles Nelson Riley of our generation. You should be out there having had a career that was somewhat distinguished for a time, and then you appear on talk shows. You, whatever the version of that today is, you should be. But you're right. My, my problem with being the Charles Nelson Riley of our generation yeah. is that he was not a tall man. He was pretty tall. Charles Nelson Riley? I think he's pretty was tall. A, was tall? I think he's pretty tall. You know, he had a one man show. It's pretty funny. It's on the Netflix. You can watch it. It's called Life of Riley, and it's his one-man show. He's a very interesting guy. Hmm. He was a homosexual. Right. Do you know he's a homosexual? Well, in that sense, we're the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He Paul, was great Paul, on Paul Match Lynn. Game. You know, Paul, well, Paul Lynn's a very sad story. Very sad story about Paul Lynn. I loved Paul Lynn. I loved Paul Lynn. He was also homosexual. And his, uh, yes. his partner... He was, his he partner, was fairly, fairly exaggeratedly homosexual. He was, but his partner... This is not even funny. His partner fell out of a window in San, at, a, at a hotel in Knob Hill. Oh, no. Died. Isn't that awful? And he had to live with that. Oh. I, I hate I hate the stories of couples where one person dies, yeah. you know, like like Buck Owens. Those are those are those are sad stories. Did you okay. know that Buck Owens yeah. bought the second ever Moog synthesizer? Not only did I not know that, I'm just having so much trouble processing that. You're talking that would be sixty what five six seven? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The second ever one sold. I, I would figure that it would be a Buck rich Owens. a rich eccentric and maybe someone German. No, 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 no. The the first one or was Les Paul. Bob. Les Paul. You know, if you said Les Paul, I believe it. Right, but it was Buck Owens. I think the first one went to that person uh, who did uh, switched on Bach. Wendy Walter uh, uh, Carlos went, Williams. Yeah, Wendy Carlos Williams, <laughs> and uh, and the third one went to Patterson uh, is a man Mickey on his Dolans back or something like that. But the but the second one went to Buck. Who was the second one? Buck Wait, no. Owens. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Wendy Walter Carlos uh, Williams. When, Wendy Carlos Williams got the first one, and the third one went to Mickey Dolan's. <laughs> But the second one went to Bucko. That's so. Take that. <laughs> take Man, that, nerd. Can, can you imagine how much it sucked to be Mickey Dolan's? Like the higher up he went, the more he still couldn't really play drums, and it drove you know it drove him nuts. It drove him crazy that he couldn't really play drums. Yeah, he I've hated a few it. Like that. Have you had moments like that in your life in your wheelhouse? Uh, are you talking about where Pete where? Where I it was driven crazy by being unable to play drums, or where I well, I, I mentioned you've, you've been. Too. I'm just saying. Oh, like maybe you play a little bit too loud. No, no, no. I mean, I, I have known some drummers who That's have become I mean. very like successful yeah. in rock music, in spite of the fact that they don't know how to play drums. Any the fastbacks drummers? You think? No, no, no. Fastbacks always they get good drummers. Yeah, they did. Now, your friend, did your friend Jason play in the Fastbacks? He played in the Fastbacks. How many people do you know that have played personally, if, if you can say, how many people do you personally know if you, that you can think of who've played drums in the Fastbacks? You, you know, the J- Jason Finn guy, there's the guy that played in the Long Winters. Uh, what's his head? Mike Musburger. Mike Musburger. Was he, in, uh, was he in Super Chunk at one time? He was not in Super Chunk, I don't think. Was Although, in... Mike Musburger's played, Mike, between Mike Musburger and Jason Finn, they've played in every single band. Where's he from? Was he from the South? 
Who? Mike Musburger. Is he, is he always from Seattle? I think he's Seattle. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Duff McKagan played drums in the Fastbacks. I find that very hard to believe. Uh, early incarnation of the Fastbacks. I'm Who's the guy with sh- the white hair that was in it for a long time? Bucky? Rusty? What was his name? I don't know. Hmm. Had, they, I saw an infographic once. I don't, I, don't, I don't care for infographics. I'm done with them. But I saw a great infographic once about how many drummers were in the Fastbacks and when. And it was laugh out loud funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Block, did he know Kurt Block, does he always play guitar or did he ever have to, he can play drums, right? Did he ever have to sub on drums? Kurt Block, uh, it, it was the lead guitarist and I don't think he ever played the drums. You know, I, Although, met, you know, I met him. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It's one of the greatest nights of my life. You introduced me to Kurt Block. I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he's a lovely man. I went to see Cheap Trick with him a couple of nights ago. Are you kidding me? I don't kid about Cheap Trick, and I don't kid about Kurt Block. Are you the one that told me about the Cheap Trick John Lennon thing? Was that you? What's the Cheap Trick John Lennon thing? So, A, it wasn't you. 1980. They're doing yeah. that, uh, that that pretty good last album he did. Well, half of it's good. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm Losing You. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Um, he... I'm not sure exactly how this worked, but the sto- there, this is a true story. You will hear the song. I'll send you this video momentarily. He called in Cheap Trick. What? Bun E. Carlos and Rick Nielsen came in. In the studio, already there were Tony Levin and not George Martin, but George somebody playing keyboards. And John said, here's the song. They learned it. Rick wrote the riff. He said, Bun says, uh, how do you want me to play? He says, play it however you want. And what? they ripped into I'm Losing You. That You know that awesome bridge? It's... It sounds like a fucking cheap, it's a cheap, it sounds like basically a cheap trick song, you know, and cheap trick already sounds like the Beatles and the move. So that's cool. It sounds like a cheap trick song with John Lennon singing and it's fucking great. Incredible. I never heard that story. Would you like, would you like me to pause the podcast so that you could listen to it? No, no, no. I think I will listen to it at the, at the end of the podcast. But Tony Levin, Tony Levin, you know, I, I, Was he playing a Chapman stick? He was not. He's playing a fretless bass, which is the Chapman stick of bass. Right. You ever play a Chapman stick? I have not, although John Vanderslice, uh, in the very early days of my association with him, had he a has an Chapman, analog, like an analog one. He had a, he had an analog Chapman stick. Yeah, he had a Chapman stick player in his band. Uh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> this was during a time when uh, Vanderslice he, he did two things. He always sat in a chair, and he always sat over to the side of the stage. This oh, was his are affectation. You kidding? Of, no, this was early days. Early days. Is this MK Ultra? Or early? <laughs> no, no, no. It's after MK Ultra. So. Not early days Vanderslice, but early days in me, me knowing him. Wow. He had a Chapman stick player, and he sat over to the side of the stage in a chair while the Chapman stick player sat in the center of the stage and played the Chapman stick and made, I have to say, some of the greatest bass faces I've ever seen in the history of rock. <laughs> they won't let you have one. First of all, there's a checklist. Hi, welcome, welcome. Please come in. Is your head shaved? Yes. Do come you have, to, come do, into the Chapman stick do store. You have, do you go to the Chapman stick? They call it, yeah, exactly. They, 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 they call it the stick shoppy. You go in there. First of all, is your head shaved? Yes. Do you if have not, a goatee? Yes. You have what? A goatee. Goatee or funny mustache. You have uh-huh. to have weird, weird, weird hair. If you wear a kilt, especially mm-hmm. if it's a utility kilt, extra points. Extra T- points. Tiva sandals, come on in. Right. If you wear if you wear leggings and leg warmers over the top of those, over <laughs> like a pole climber boots. What about jewelry? You're in. Like oh, you want to keep lots, your fingers free. But what about turquoise? Turquoise <laughs> Indian jewelry. Lots of jewelry. As much jewelry as you can wear, and earplugs. But Chapman, this Chapman's guy, stick. So he sat on a chair like like he did a frip. Basically, he did a, he did a base face frip. Yeah, and you know, he, frip, frip always sits on a chair like in the dark. You can't even see him when he's playing. Yeah, this was the this was during that era of indie rock, early early two thousands, where the big question was, you know, 
is standing in the middle of the stage to rock. Oh, it's, and we're not uh, even talking about like like irony at this point. Like the, your pals and presidents of the USA were like that was the or, or like we're even weird Al. That's like ironic. People people were at this point they're talking more about authenticity. Yeah, yeah. There was no I- irony about it. It was like if you are the singer and you stand in the middle, then you are being too singer, and you need to like go sit. O- you need to stand over on the side. It would be a couple years before you got like the, the for the strokes caught on the murder city devils, whatever the fuck, all those different, like, I guess, I guess not red cross, but what was the other uh, three guys with the douchey glasses? Dun, 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 urge overkill, I guess. That oh, was a right. 90s well, thing. Well, that was early, early days. But, yeah. you know, it's almost like it was like the way punk was kind of a reaction to all those bands we like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, like, do you think that was an authenticity thing? Backlash, Nirvana's over, this is the end. The dot-com. <laughs> you know what? I got nothing. Yeah, indie rock was indie rock in, in its early stages was, was almost entirely reactionary. It was like it was, it was like a kind of proto-fascism. There was that was no, not a terrific time for indie rock. No. Well, and it was it was not a terrific time to be in indie rock well, either. But like also like it was right around that Napster time, I guess, probably unrelated, but like I think about all my favorite bands from like one from well, seriously, from five one to five years earlier. Like bands I liked a year earlier. Like Elliot Smith's record was like not that great. Superchunk mm. was not moving me like they mm. were. You know mm. what I'm saying? Got it by mm. voices. Uh, that's kind of when I stopped was around mm. then. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like all these, all these bands that for like, like five to 10 years, there was a consistent stream of bands that just put out album after a pavement, pavement broke up. I yeah. mean, all these bands that I, I don't know if you like these bands, but like, these it was were, after the second creeper lagoon record, all of everything went into hibernation. Huh? And they, that was, boy, the, they were good. They were awful good. Yeah. Well, now your buddy's friends with them, right? Your buddy from the noise pop. Oh yeah. Everybody's friends with those guys. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> but uh, but that was when I oh so so you got you got you got a guy with a when stick. I made my appearance that was when I came out so I was that's right it was, it's just like it was just like coming of age sexually in the early nineties when uh, at the height of third generation feminism it was the wrong time to come out it was the wrong time to be a young man in I'm gonna act like my microphone cut out because there's just not a chance in the fucking world <laughs> I'm gonna respond yet alone let alone ask any questions about that there's no way as as when. When I when we had our baby, uh, our family was kind enough to throw us a, a baby shower, and uh, we, we I went, thought you were going to say your family was kind enough to throw you a baby. I was like, you didn't have that baby yourselves. Long story, long story. They, they it's part use, of your tradition. Part of the it's a, it's a, the baby's made of jute and had to be thrown from a building because the elevator uh, would have started a fire. Okay. Now we show up, and my brother-in-law, whom I love, he's so awesome. He's sitting out there. And he's already three sheets to the wind, and he's standing out there, and he's like, "Enjoy it while you can." Because when she mean? turns, when she turns about eleven, <laughs> oh boy, not gonna be, not gonna be fun. And he would tell me stories about like when the te- when the sexting, like you get the sexting, the sexting started, right? And he oh. taught me a phrase that has stood me well, uh, well before I had a daughter. This is a phrase that, that, has, that has stood well. There is no good that can come of it. Right. There are things in the world from which good is likely to come. There right. are things in the world that may create something that's neutral, but there are things in the world where. No good can come of it. Have you? No have good you, can come uh, of it. No, I know you're not a man who deals in absolutes. No, I like that phrase though. Well, here's here's this this has just occurred to me recently as the father of a daughter. So Bikin- it's, it's fun but hard, right? Bikinis. Oh man, bikinis. At what point? Now, as an as an adult male, as and certainly as somebody who used to not have a daughter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was very pro bikinis. Sure, it's the second like best. This is it's, it's the second best thing to be in there, right? 
Right. Mm-hmm. Bikinis. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am 100. If, if you had asked me three years ago, how do you feel about bikinis? I would mm-hmm. say 100% pro bikinis. You wouldn't have to pause at all. Wouldn't even have to think about it. Okay. But now I have a daughter. Now my feelings about bikinis are fairly complicated. If you said, how do you feel about bikinis? I would go, well, wait a minute. Who are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. And 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 personally, oh, I do that now too. It's horrifying. Yeah, personally, I feel like bikinis. Like there's a lot to be said for not bikinis. I, there's I, a lot yeah. to be said for robes. John, I, I've never been in my life. You know, I'm 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 mostly like a you know a dickless wonder. But really, I've never been so grateful to have no libido as now. It's mm. I mean, except for where Jean Grey's involved, and I can't get into that. But right. it is really here's the thing. Here's my here's my thought on this. I totally agree with you. I, I think about it all the time now, and uh, I think what happens is I think for 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 years for for probably arguably you're the historian here. I'm going to say arguably for millennia, men have been scared that their daughters have vaginas and buttholes. I think that is from the beginning. Ah. That listen, that's a concern, right? Now here's the right. thing. 60s come along. We're blowing stuff up with bombs. We discover yeah. the Bikini Islands and the, the, the atoll writ large. And then you got the, got the bikini. So now she's, she's got a butt and a woo-woo, and she's wearing almost nothing. Okay? Mm. You ready for this now? Ready for this? You ready for stage three? I don't know. Lower back tattoos. Uh. So now you've got, you've got a vagina and a butt. You're wearing almost nothing. And now you're wearing the, the bikini arguably so that people can see you have the terrible, terrible judgment to get a tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. And they still, they still have a butt. Now you feel like that, that's the thumbnail sketch of history. I'm not saying that's for, what I for, think for, for I, millennia. And then there was the bikini and then tramp stamp. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't follow football, but I know what an onside kick is. You understand? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> See now, now here's the thing, John. Now, now I want to lose you. Now, I now you've ch- you've challenged me to potentially lose you, and and most of the most of the the gates that keep the salmon from walking up the steps are uh-huh. about to fall down, and all I'm the still water. trying to work out that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Do you want me to try one more time? I, no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Step I'm, zero. You're Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and you want to donk somebody from Central America. No, Your no, wife does not no. like this. Oh, go back to onside kick. I, uh, I, I, I'm terrified now about bikinis. I don't want to be the dad that's Ugh. like, no bikinis. But I also don't ever want her to wear a bikini. And I, I don't think, I don't think those are incompatible. I think that's what every, I think that's what every, that's what every right thinking man believes in his wheelhouse. Yeah. So, but I don't know how to affect that. I don't know how to be the dad. That's like, you have to, hey, act, like, you have to good- act like you don't care. You got to, it's like offering wine at dinner. My daughter will never, ever, ever find out how much I hate tattoos because you know why? She'll use it against me. Oh, She's right. like you. I, you know, I describe you to people sometimes because they don't understand you and I have to describe. <laughs> I have to describe you historically. What do you his, say? Do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Well, setting aside all the nice things I say about you, which is, you know, 90% sure, why, of what why, I say. Why would you repeat that? Well, because you're one of my best friends and one of the people I admire most in the world, despite the fact you're kind of a dick. Mm. Um, Easily one of my best friends and favorite people, but I say, well, it's hard. It's kind of hard to understand John until you've been in a room with him. And I was like, because it's John. You know you that feel phrase. Magnetism. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's assuming he hasn't had a chance to bathe, which is a good assumption. It's Wednesday. Uh, I say, you know that phrase where they say, like, you know, sharks smelling blood in water. John has that on a much higher level than a shark. I said because <laughs> here's the thing: there are a lot of people who will figure out how to needle you, but John's playing on another level. It's like fighting uh, Dr. X in the astral plane, right? John is going to notice something that you didn't even realize you're self-conscious about yet, and without specifically calling it out, you will cry by the time the party's not even over, and then he'll do it more. 
But that's uh, you know, it's Is all it wrong. In, Am I wrong in that? It's all in service of 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 of, helping. of, of, of freeing them from the from their insecurity. See now, now you sound like a now you sound like a sex guru. <laughs> Lo- loose women tightened here. <laughs> if you can, if you know, like a lot of people have, a lot of people have gifts. So some people can throw a football. Some people uh, can do the math. Do an onside kick. Some people can do onside kick. Some people are very, very good at uh, at uh, the balance beam. Scullery. And- some people do scullery wiring. <laughs> they do Jew wiring. And if and if if uh, if God gave me anything, it was the ability to look at someone uh, and in a very short amount of time figure out what their greatest fear about themselves. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I supposed to do with that? Am I supposed to just be like, oh well? Shit. You're like you're like a doctor that could smell cancer. Like what yeah. the fuck are you going to say? Could I have another Heineken? No, yeah. you're going to say, get me a scalpel, lay down, yeah. and let me really smell that shit. I- you know what your greatest fear is? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but go, see, I, I think you, I think you we just don't. Met. <laughs> You're like Milton Berle. You take out just enough to beat him, and yeah. that's what I love about it, though. And it's and the other thing is you don't. You're every uh, most other people are perturbable. Like you're, you're perturbable in your way, but mostly if you're just not, you know, having a good night. But generally, you're imperturbable, and it's very scary to people. Well, oh, you, did, wow. you told an anecdote a few weeks ago about the person who was correcting what you meant to say about somebody. <laughs> and I could literally, I could see you standing there kind of smiling, but stone still not responding in any way, but literally just standing and looking at the person. And it is chilling. It's absolutely <laughs> chilling. Right now you sound like this, this, this holly jolly jovial Burl Ives character yeah, who's enjoying some time with the computer. <laughs> oh, no, my friend. No, no, no. When John shows up at the party, there's going to be a lot of people crying. Well, I try not to. I try not to take it all the way so that they're openly crying. I'd like them to be crying quietly. Softly I think if you're really, if it's, a, if it's a true shame, you're going to do it in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I've had some shameful bathroom times. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do, pig. Blinda Butcher. Is that how you say her name? 